0: Welcome back to Blazing Trails. I'm your host, Michael Revo from Salesforce Studios. Sustainability is no longer a buzzword for businesses. Putting sustainability at the heart of your organization pays off in many ways, from how you support your customers, to how you drive innovation, and ultimately, to how you protect the planet for future generations. Over the next two weeks, you'll be hearing interviews from our ongoing Net Zero Trailblazers series where we feature companies and business leaders who are blazing a new trail in building a green economy. Today, I'm joined by Jim Gowan. He's Verizon's Chief Sustainability Officer and SVP Global Supply Chain. Jim is front and center in making sure Verizon achieves its goal of net zero operations by 2035. And I'm also joined by Patrick Flynn, Senior Vice President of Sustainability here at Salesforce. Welcome to the show, Jim and Patrick.
1: Michael, thanks for having me. Good to see you, uh,
2: Patrick.
0: Yes, wonderful. And Patrick, thanks for being here.
2: Michael, great to be with you again. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. As
1: am I.
0: Yes, well, having Salesforce and Verizon together here to talk about sustainability is exciting. I'm excited for this conversation. You know, I wanted to talk a little bit about company values and what's driving the change at both Verizon and Salesforce you know, maybe, Jim, if you can give us a little bit of an overview of where sustainability fits inside of Verizon's sort of core values and, and what role that's playing in the business right now.
1: No, very much, uh, again, appreciate the opportunity to to share just a few thoughts about Verizon. So in a nutshell, at Verizon, you know, we built sustainability right into the DNA of all 130,000 plus employees in over 140 countries around the world. And it all starts right at our chairman, Hans Vestberg, and the credo by which uh, all of our employees live by, work by, on a daily basis. And those are all our corporate values, from integrity to respect to performance, excellence, accountability, social responsibility. Uh, And as we look at our, our ESG Uh, perspective. It it comes from those three legs of a stool, you know, uh, everything from environmental, which I have the honor of being involved with, to our philanthropic uh, activities, all the way through the governance and how we operate. Uh, So that's who we are. That's what we're about. And uh, it's excellent to see that it starts right at the top and goes right through our entire organization. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, and that's true. At Salesforce too, we've had the same set of core values for a long time at Salesforce and have just recently added sustainability as one of those values. Patrick, maybe you can talk a little bit about that transformation and, and how that's happened.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's an exciting moment. And I think I'll start by just weaving sustainability into our pre-existing values. You know, Trust has been the number one value for Salesforce since day one. And one of the ways the sustainability work upholds that trust is Disclosing our greenhouse gas emissions across all of scope one, two, three in our public filings. And we just did that and had third party review confirm that we've indeed reached 100% renewable for our operations and net zero residual emissions across all of scope one, two, three. So that's trust. Then you've got customer success, the next value. And we know every one of Salesforce's customers is going to need to navigate through climate change, uh, like a wave that's going to hit every company, every sector, every geography simultaneously. And we want to be there to help them ride that wave rather than get washed over by it. Equality. To me, climate action is first and foremost about equality. After all, it's those with the least who suffer the most when climate goes wrong. And yes, Michael, you pointed it out. Number five, recently added sustainability. And the beautiful thing there is it's really the realization of, I think, every sustainability leader's dream, which is to embed sustainability throughout the company. So now all employees are going to look to that sustainability value explicitly and figure out how to weave that into everything they do, much like what Jim talked about happening at Verizon. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. You know, and Jim, I think I was interested in your journey to Working on sustainability at Verizon, that you come from the supply chain side of the of the house and working with suppliers and that side of the business, can you talk to me a little bit about the connection between that part of your work and now, you know, heading up sustainability?
1: It, it happened in 2009, and a decision was made to put sustainability into the supply chain organization, which, you know, not a lot of folks were doing back then and uh you know I'll, I'll fall right on the sword immediately and just say i was not um an environmentalist by trade or by education uh, i was much more comfortable in a warehouse or a 53 foot trailer than i was talking in a boardroom about uh net zero emissions but uh fast forward uh 11 12 years and here we are and and really the key michael where you're going with that is all of a sudden when sustainability came into supply chain i had over 2000 people around the world that their performance agreements their day-to-day activity now right. went from not just running a efficient cost-efficient really large supply chain but now focusing on how do you make it a sustainable supply chain mm-hmm. everything from getting things off of planes onto boats off of trucks onto trains you know how do you take cardboard out how do you think about circular economy and I really credit um, our CEO uh, at the time for making that decision because it's been a journey we are we are an asset-based company mm-hmm. uh, we run the uh, the largest uh, wireless network here in the United States and we also run one of the largest fiber optic uh, backbone networks and having that much physical assets it's just incredibly apparent uh and really uh you know something that we have to focus on day in and day out to make sure that, you know, I'll use the sports phrase, blocking and tackling every single day and making sure we're working, um, as we say, working green and living green mm-hmm. and driving sustainable solutions. So that's where we're located. We uh we're located in the center of Verizon under our chief administrative officer mm-hmm. and we have responsibility across all Verizon entities globally.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and it makes me think about something we talk about a lot with our customers which is digital transformation and and really that flow of data and those workflows and understanding where that's going across an organization can you talk to me a little bit about the tools that you're using how you're approaching this giant puzzle (laughs) that you're putting together every day
1: sure and and I just have to start with our evolution. When you just think about, if you think about the wireless industry, going from 3G to 4G, now 5G, um, and all of those technologies, going from a copper-based traditional process to a fiber-based, all of those things are 100% focused on growing our network lowering latency, enabling uh, our customers to do more. When I think about just our relationship with, with Salesforce, you know, we are an enabling technology, running all of the applications uh, and supporting all the applications that you're then bringing to your customers. Right. Uh, and that entire ecosystem is so, so important. But again, it starts with how you engineer. At Verizon, we have a few engineers. Yes. Uh, and it's making sure we build that engineering process up front, also with our partners on the on either the, uh, the radio side or the uh, fiber side, making sure we're thinking about the end-to-end ecosystem. Selfishly, I think about the end-to-end sustainable supply chain, but the end-to-end ecosystem and making sure, a perfect example is when we go from 4G, LTE, to 5G and millimeter wave um, or C-band, you know, making sure that we're you know taking care of the older technology, and putting it back into place wherever we can. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking about devices, we have uh, all of our customers who are upgrading, going to the next generation, making mm-hmm. sure we're taking those older phones and giving them a second life, You mm-hmm. know, making them available to you know people who don't want to go to the next generation, making sure everything has two or three life cycles to it. So mm-hmm. our examples could go on and on as a large corporation, but fundamentally it has to start with how you think about your life cycle.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jim, I can't help but connect the dots between us and to the concept of getting the right data and the right information to the decision makers. Uh, In our line of work, I always find that prioritization is probably the toughest thing we can do. Where should we focus? What should we try to change? And what Salesforce in the hands of Verizon is able to do is get information to your employees to your customers whether that's sales cloud or tableau or slack and that data is going over a verizon network oftentimes as well to get to get to those customers so we together are helping um, make sure that our employees and our customers have import the important data they need to prioritize what to do whether that's transforming their business or focusing on climate action
1: and Patrick, you just hit on two things that I think, again, with the relationship of Verizon and Salesforce, as well as many others, it's the ability to make decisions quickly in real time with low latency. That's all what we're about running networks. But then you hit it in your opening. And I, and I admire this. And we, uh, we are very similar in this regard. And that is the transparency aspect. It's say what you're going to do, do it, then audit it, and then be transparent about it. And uh, we're very proud of that. And, and I know you are, too, from our, our other conversations. And, uh, and that's, that's what's going to change things globally for our industry.
0: And, you know, I, I've been thinking about that as we talk about this, that transparency driving change in other companies. Jim, can you talk a little bit about how that transparency that you're doing at Verizon and what you're looking for for your suppliers and partners is driving change in the industry right now?
1: We're not going to change you know, everyone on a dime. This is going to be a journey that we're on. We're not going to mm-hmm. do it alone. We're going to get better uh, globally as we go along. And we're going to have to deal with things like we've dealt with for the last 24 months with um, the global pandemic. You're going to have uh, fits and starts with geopolitical challenges or natural disasters. And from a perspective of a large supply chain like Verizon has, it's going to take every single supplier throughout that supply chain uh, to make sure that they're moving in the right direction. So we focus in the in the 80-20 rule, 80% of yeah. our spend, those, those top 500 suppliers, and we make sure we're talking to them, encouraging them to have those conversations. And in a case like Salesforce, you even re- referred to it, you know, in the contractual language we use, when we're working uh, back and forth with each other to make sure we're both being as transparent as possible. And and I want to reiterate on this. It's not throwing someone out because they don't. It's then working with them to move the ball forward because you'll, you'll upset the folks that aren't into this side of the business if you just choose to turn a blind eye and, and walk away from folks that may be adding you value in other areas.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, Patrick, tell me what you're seeing, you know, with customers across the board. Uh, in different industries, it, it seems like there's been a big change in the past, even twelve months, six months, in how people are looking at this. Are are you seeing Are you seeing that out there?
2: Yeah the the amount of interest in net zero sustainability from our customers, all the way up to the CEO level, the board level, looking to us with our digital tools like Net Zero Cloud to help them transform their business or just looking to us as a company that's tried a few things here and there, pretty well mature on our journey to try to show help show the way forward. And you know, the customer relationship, Jim, it's such a powerful thing. And you know, when a customer reaches out and wants to connect on values, connect on sustainability, connect on climate action, it builds a, a closer relationship often you can do things together that you can't do alone. And so we focus on the customer relationship a lot, including like you do, Jim, when in the cases where we are the customer ourselves, which is to say with our suppliers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we too are making climate a contractual obligation with our top suppliers, um, trying to really collaborate with them and make it clear to them you know, my goal My goal in all of this is for every single one of our suppliers, when they pan around and look at their customers, to identify Salesforce as the one that's most engaged with them on climate.
0: Jim, I wanted to loop back on the digital transformation and technology story a little bit. So we've all been hearing a ton about 5G, the changes that's going to bring. So this is not necessarily about sustainability, although I think bringing that lens to it is great. I'm just curious about what this is going to unlock. I'm, I'm excited to talk about uh, what this in- increased speed and is going to bring to all of us.
1: Well, if I truly told you what it could unlock, um, I probably wouldn't be at uh, Verizon anymore. I'd be sitting here <laughs> trying to develop it. But I think there's a bunch <laughs> of six-year-old kids in a garage somewhere on a couple of laptops that are going to change the world for all of us. Uh, but what we're going to do at Verizon is build the infrastructure for those kids uh, to allow them to to do things, you know, that they've never, that we never thought possible. So I'll do the simple things. This is the the large company blocking and tackling, IoT sensors, yeah. how we yeah. run our buildings. You know, we are a very large real estate holder because of our central offices, because of all of our terminating equipment. Um, yeah. We we have to not even a question of we have to run them as efficiently as possible. We're a mature company. We're not a startup, so we have to make sure we go through the evolution of you know making those uh, buildings more efficient. When you do that, though, you're bringing on top of that all of the attributes of what a 5G brings, of what fiber brings. Then, to Patrick's comment, then we bring it to our customers. So many of our customers work in industries that are not necessarily the best for the environment. So allowing us to make sure that we're running the most efficient data center. We're getting them bits and bytes as fast as they can to make better decisions in their day-to-day operations. And I take it just to things like smart transportation and smart cities and all those things that we've talked about for years, they're all finally coming to fruition and they're changing, smart agriculture, uh, looking at things like irrigation. Um, And then I take it to my own world because I always like to bring it back to supply chain, how you're doing distribution centers, how you're doing your transportation, how are you, um, you know, just in time inventory became a four letter word over the last couple of years. Well, you know what, (laughs) it's not gone and we're gonna gonna get beyond the global challenges we have now. 5G, low latency, what we call MEC uh, or multi-edge compute, Those are the things that are going to enable people to not only have access, which there's over 3 billion people in the world who don't have access, but not Mm -hmm. only that, but then to bring it to enterprises to make smarter solutions and drive more efficiency and drive greener solutions.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, where are some of the holes that you're seeing right now in the data around emissions, et cetera, that... Are going to be solved by this better technology that can be everywhere
1: the simplest thing is just going to be the ability to audit if you think if you throw everything else out now all of a sudden you're getting data real time and you can start to audit and then you can start to track trace uh and then that's when you can make changes it's it's Mm -hmm. not just to say that better speeds are better they are but there, it's the enabling factor and the ability to make, you know, what measures gets changed, uh, what mm-hmm. measures matters. That's what, right. you know, that's what speed is going to bring to things.
0: Right. And how do we look at that, Patrick, in terms of, you know, when you look at the net zero cloud and the, and the product development side of it, what are we thinking about in a future state where we're really going to have that flow of data to understand what what's going on out there and be able to yeah. make decisions about it?
2: Yeah. You know, in the, When it comes to data and greenhouse gas emissions, the future state is actually pretty clear. It's that every organization's greenhouse gas data is going to be as trustworthy, as timely as their financial data. And we're nowhere near there yet. We're we're getting better at really rapid pace every cycle. But um, the end state is that you've got professional accountants reviewing data that comes not from very rough estimates, but more and more from actuals, like Jim was saying, whether that's actuals from the power grid or actuals from the vehicles transporting the goods and services, actuals from your suppliers who are calculating their own actuals as opposed to relying on estimates as well. So there's this very rapid need to mature the data that goes into the greenhouse gas footprinting process. And what Salesforce is aiming to do in all of that is provide our customers with that future-proof system of record, system of engagement to manage all of that data, to visualize it, to strategize around it, to communicate it. And particularly, I think the most interesting thing, to connect with their customers on that data and how they're taking climate action and that's where the marriage of net zero cloud and salesforce's customer 360 really starts to create some magical things
1: yeah and i just want to play off that patrick that because when you think about uh the way we run our networks right now and exactly that data you're talking about that your customers need to make decisions that comes all the way back to the way we run our networks when you're dealing with an enterprise customer that needs to make a decision they need Five nines, as we refer to it, the network humming along when they're ready for it, but when they don't need it, they, they don't need it. Smart solutions and the ability to manage our network, our 5G network, our fiber network, and then turn it down, to, okay. to Patrick's point then all of a sudden you're starting to track and trace your energy consumption and what you're doing to the grid. And then we could totally geek out on energy and start talking about making ice at night and running you know, cold aisle containment and all kinds of things over during the day. And I won't get into all that, but this is what uh, strong applications at Salesforce bring, uh, you know, low latency, high availability networks like Verizon bring. And, and uh, you know, long way to go. I agree with Patrick, but uh, super optimistic about it.
0: Yeah. And thinking about operationalizing, yeah, I'm trying to run the dishwasher after nine o'clock, you know, (laughs) and really bringing that at scale, you know, is going to make huge change. You know, Jim, I'm curious, Patrick was talking about accountability really there in the data in the same way that financial data is looked at. Right now, how does Verizon hold itself and its ecosystem accountable? How are you approaching that?
1: Yeah. So uh, accountability, traceability, and transparency are, are, you know, the key factors to to make sure, um, you know, I think even Patrick opened up with it. it it's it's you say what you're going to do, then you audit it and you're transparent about it. That's exactly what we've done here. It's been a journey. It's sometimes not so great to tell everyone what you're doing. You know, <laughs> we use a little bit of energy to run our networks. And, uh, yeah. and, and the, the question is, how do you go about that? But when you... From an accountability perspective, uh, I, I there's not enough real estate in Verizon's footprint at our locations to run solar uh, energy. I, you just can't do it. We don't, New York City, I'm not putting enough rooftop solar to run the, the uh, New York Stock Exchange, for example. So yeah. what we've done is uh, we've issued green bonds. So we've done four $1 billion green bonds, and they are... Mechanisms, financial mechanisms that we've been able to use to then grow our renewable energy footprint, either on site, near load, um, which is close to our buildings. And then, Mm -hmm. what the the key thing I'll say there, and the, the way I really like that we're holding ourselves accountable, is the fact that we're doing it incremental to the grid. So, there's a lot of great things out there where you can buy into things that are already developed. We don't want to do that. We've chosen to use our $4 billion in green bonds to make you know, incremental builds to green the grid. And that has really paid dividends, not only for our networks, not only for our our energy, um, renewable energy increase, but also for the DNA of who we are. People at Verizon, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not a small company. It's great for them to understand what we're doing. And we talk about bringing home to your backyard barbecues and bring that what you hear there back here. And that's that's part of our ecosystem.
0: Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about citizen verizon uh and that program and where where that fits into these efforts
1: yeah so citizen verizon actually sits over the top of the three pieces that i mentioned so you have a digital inclusion you have human prosperity and then you have uh my piece which is uh climate protection and when you think about that that encompasses everything verizon does and at the end of the day verizon's about running the best networks enabling customers Mm -hmm. To access that they've never had before, whether it's speed or access, period. So that's that part of digital inclusion, and, and that's the part of growing uh, areas. I mean, I just look at what we've done with tree planting, and everyone always likes to chuckle when you talk about planting trees. I'm a huge fan of trees. Uh, you know, we've made a commitment to 20 million trees by 2030, we already have 10 million planted. But then you yeah. look at what does that do to, a, to an area that might have been ravaged by, you know, things in the past for different industries when you can go back there and then employ people to plant trees and then start to create that prosperity in that region. Uh, And then, you know, mangroves is the perfect example of that in some of the uh, areas that we've done that around the world. So Citizen Verizon sits over the top of that. um, And it's also where our chairman sits as we run our responsible business committee and the three pieces uh, climate, digital, human prosperity, ESG—we all roll right into that, which is uh, super important to the way we govern everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and those those things all do fit together, so it's great that they're under that single umbrella. Patrick, any any thoughts about trees? I know Salesforce is uh, behind the Trillion Trees initiative, and mm-hmm. we're we're big proponents of that as yeah. well.
2: Yeah, yeah, we've got our own. 2030 goal, 100 million trees by 2030. We're nearly halfway to our goal as well. And, you know, we're talking about digital technology, 5G. But I like to point out that the tree is a fantastic technology that's able to bring carbon out of the atmosphere. It gets better over time. It self-replicates. It just needs water and sunlight and nutrients and care. And in a devastating way, we're still losing an acre of forest a second globally. So we're headed in the wrong direction. We need to stop deforestation first. We need to restore land and the Trillion Tree effort is hopefully going to be looked at over time as really a spark for focusing not just on the climate impacts of trees, but biodiversity, community engagement, equality, and really the adaptation and mitigation side of climate action.
0: Great. Well, I'd love to pivot into what our listeners can do and how to think about this. We've got two leading companies in this category and I'm wondering, Jim, I'll start with you. Uh, what can other companies learn from and implement based on what Verizon and Salesforce are doing in the sustainability journey?
1: Yeah. The, the thing I share with people, you know, wherever they're at on their journey is uh, just don't be uncomfortable asking the uncomfortable question. Uh, mm-hmm. because. Right now, we have a long history to a lot of companies that you know there's a lot of things they made decisions that were right at that time to make and to your point and the way you keep pivoting us in these conversations, they need to pivot uh, and, and it 's going to come down to having those uncomfortable conversations and then yeah. the, the second thing i 'd say is um, many folks who aren 't on the journey and who who haven 't been educated in the in the business case format of sustainability it's all about not looking at it from a perspective of you know green is going to cost me green's going to be a challenge and i have to do it separately Start small, get your little wins, but build it into the process. Make sure you're asking those questions. You referred earlier, Michael, to what Salesforce does in the sourcing process. Verizon does something very similar. Every sourcing RFP that goes out, there are questions about greenhouse gas emissions and how people handle things. But we look at it even broader than that. It's make sure you're asking all those questions, not only for the environment, but also as you start looking, again, I'm going back to supply chain, how are human rights handled? How are your suppliers and your vendors handling some of the most challenging things that are impacting societies? And and, and even with Patrick's example of all the the different attributes of trees. And by the way, 1T.org, we are right there with you. We're super excited (laughs) about it. But, you know, those are the things I tell people. Don't get scared by it. You know, embrace it. Realize you you have a a long way to go. And we all go back to our our business school classes. If you look at the product lifecycle, we're still down here at the immature stage. We have a long way to go as a a globe. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that sentiment, Jim. I'll pretty much say the same thing with my own words that I come to from time to time. You're not late. You're just in time. (laughs) Um, You are a stakeholder in this adventure. Everyone alive today and everyone still to be born is a stakeholder in the climate emergency. And you're prepared. The UN put it that acting on climate to meet a 1.5 degree future is going to require rapid, unprecedented changes in all aspects of society. To me, that means you in your job Your company, whatever you do, whatever your company does, you are being called upon to act. Or as Paul Hawkins says, you are brilliant and the earth is hiring.
1: (laughs) I love that. That's great.
2: Yeah. And things are so urgent that we need to think about what we do best, what our superpowers are at the individual level and at the company level and pull on those levers that can deliver planetary scale impact fast. Um, Sure, Mm -hmm. the biggest movement starts small. You may have to start small, but pick those things that can grow into a global movement. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then any resources that either of you would like to share where I know, Patrick, we just recently launched a a stakeholder impact report that people might want to check out. Uh, Jim, anything from Verizon, we should go and look if you're a company who wants to learn what you're doing and, and get some some tips and advice there
1: sure uh just in april of uh, this year we put out our second esg report but i'm almost m- just as proud of that as i am as the fact that we've made our annual report for the last five years uh on sustainability so you know getting it into the key areas i encourage people to go there but i gotta tell you i knew we weren't getting off of this podcast without hearing patrick go to superpowers that's one of my favorite lines that he brings up Uh, I really, really uh, (laughs) enjoy when he says it and I always think about it differently. But I'll also tell you, one of the first conversations I had with him was another aspect that we should all be thinking about, and that is that we're not in it alone, but the other place to go is academic. You know, because mm-hmm. we look at academic as future employees, but we also, they're doing some of the most incredible studies. And we've talked to places, uh, we're involved with MIT and, and Penn State Business School and engineering schools. Those are where pe- Those are other resources for folks outside of just listening to the sales forces of the world and the Verizon's <laughs> of the world, because I think they bring out a whole nother mm. lens to it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'd point to the brilliant folks at Project Drawdown, all sorts of tools, for the solutions we need to focus on and the levers for change. And within Salesforce, we feel a deep obligation, not just to try to be in the front, but to bring others with us on this Mm -hmm. adventure. And so we've got a learning platform called Trailhead. If you go to trailhead.com and search sustainability, search net zero, search supplier engagement, search renewable energy, whatever topic you might be interested in, you'll often find something there.
0: Okay, wonderful. Well, Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great to hear about what's happening at Verizon.
1: No, Michael, thank you for the invitation and uh, and always a pleasure to to talk with Patrick and uh, hopefully a few of your listeners.
0: Great, and Patrick, thanks for being here today.
2: Uh, Always a highlight. Love being with you, Michael. Thank you, Jim. Really awesome to be with you. Thanks for your leadership. Keep it up, and let's keep on collaborating together.
1: Sounds good.
0: Well, that was Jim Gallen, Chief Sustainability Officer at Verizon, and Patrick Flynn, Senior Vice President here at Salesforce. If you want to learn more about sustainability, you can go to Salesforce.com/sustainability and Verizon.com/about/responsibility. Thanks for listening today. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Michael Revo from Salesforce Studios.